You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Episode 16 of The Collected Podcast with Jess Biondo, Michaela Hooper, and Tia McNelly. This week, we are interviewing Sergei Proknevsky. Say that name twice, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I made Tia do the introduction. Sergei so Proknevsky. Like, I don't know if I can say that last name. You did it. You did Yay! it. <laughs> uh, but he is an amazing man. Um, what I love about his story that you're about to hear is that the world kept telling him um, that he should be one thing, but he knew in his heart he was supposed to be something completely different. And um, it was a huge inspiration. And so without further ado, here is Sergey. Welcome, Sergey. We are so excited to have you here on our podcast. Um, we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. Would you tell us a little bit about your journey growing up? Um, you're from Ukraine. So mm-hmm. tell us how your family came um, from Ukraine to the States. Awesome. Hey, thank you for having me. It's yeah. an honor to be here. But yeah, my journey is a unique one because I started way back in Ukraine, which I was born in USSR, which is like a country that doesn't exist anymore, and a lot of people look at it as a cuss word anyway. So it's a it's a it's a weird <laughs> weird, weird country that doesn't exist. But I was born, um, and then I was born into a big, large family. We have nine all together, seven brothers, two sisters, and on top of that, we were growing up in the place where both parents and the whole family were we were Christians in a nation that didn't believe in that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the persecution came, and you know, my father, my family, you know, it's a lot of times. People don't realize the importance when the government controls the source of everything, like your like your income, your food, then when you don't go along, then it's not as easy, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not like, hey, I'll, I'll find another job. Where do you go? So obviously hardship was there. My, my dad and my family, mainly my dad suffered a lot, but also family kind of experienced, experienced the ripple effect of that. So, but in 91, Soviet Union collapsed and... Uh, you would think it would be better, but it got worse because then we had no stability at all. Mm-hmm. And it was everybody for themselves. There's no rule of law, mafia took over. It was mm-hmm. a lot of interesting <laughs> things that we don't think about. And uh, so then it kind of got better, worse. And family of nine, I mean, I got to experience poverty, like sharing toothbrushes, shoes. I mean, oh, you wow. name it. It was a, it was a, quite a journey, but I didn't think it was bad because mm-hmm. my parents just covered us with so much love and, and joy that it, for us it was... It wasn't that bad until someone pointed out, like, hey, you guys are broke. You're, you're, you're in poverty. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. Thanks for waking me up. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was my start. But the problem with poverty mindset is just it carries over into other areas of your life. And when I was in school, uh, I remember my first grade, we, we go in, my teacher's like, all right, tomorrow, kids, when you come back, we're going to have an art class. So bring scissors, bring art supplies. And I'm thinking, like, as she's saying this, what? Like, where am I going to get this stuff? And I remember uh, my brother and I would come back the next day and teacher would ask, like, all right, everybody pull out your art supplies. And we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And 
when you're in front of your peers, you don't want to admit that you're broke. So mm-hmm. you, we just said naturally we forgot, and then she let us have it. You know, point us in front of the whole. You know, put us in front of the whole classroom and just kind of like uh, the Soviet style correction. That I oh, would wow. say, you know, but it wasn't like physical. It's just mm-hmm. kind of kind of shamed you in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but that was my introduction to the education realm you know and mm-hmm. so I, I realized a uh you know education is not for me and then after that it kind of rippled into you know that carries over into your math and into other areas and i remember this and it might sound weird and harsh to you guys but at the time it, it seemed okay i remember we were in the woods and it was like a class some kind of field day trip I don't know what that mm-hmm. was it was just we would go in the woods sometimes and play and um, I remember like I was around peers and my teacher was talking to me and she was telling me how like together they're all like oh Prakhnevskis you guys are so dumb like you, you're lucky if one day you'll end up in America where they're so dumb over there and somehow you'll make it there maybe and I was like <laughs> wow. man was she prophesying over me oh, wow you know? and so that was my introduction and I know it sounds harsh, but that lady was actually a nice lady. Like, uh, it's just, Mm. you got a picture, that's the Ukraine in 91, 92, 93. There's a lot of hardship everyone Mm -hmm. experiencing. And, um, you know, Ukraine in general, like Soviet people, they're a nation with no grandfathers. A lot of them grew up without fathers because of Mm. World War II. And and so I, I, growing up, never looked at it as that. Like, I always looked at it as, like... I don't know, I just ne- never held a grudge. And so that was my beginning of everything. I always thought I was dumb, never mount anything. And the only thing that worked out for me was sports. I just, I, for some reason, I found my passion in, in sports. I became mm. a pretty good soccer player, and, and that's the wave I kind of, you know, got a hold of and went with it. So that was in Ukraine. And then eventually, my father and my family had an opportunity to move to U.S., uh, they had an opportunity to move as a refugee, but even though collapse already happened, the door was still open. He didn't take it at the time when it was hard, when he was getting persecuted pretty heavily, but eventually things just got worse and worse and worse for us. We just didn't have, I mean, it just didn't look good. We were probably going to end up druggies and you get the picture. Yeah. Sure. So he took the journey in 2000. We, we took that ticket. We came to America and it's been amazing like I, I love this country i love the especially the southern people because out of all places we end up ended up in tennessee eastern tennessee in the middle of nowhere uh, i remember being there and like a lot of people would come up to me it's like where are you from russia or i would say russia because no one knew what ukraine was i mean right. i remember worked at cheddar's like a chinese i mean a restaurant in a local restaurant in where i lived and uh People would, I would tell them from Ukraine, they would say, like, I think my grandmother went on a mission trip to Ukraine, Africa or something, or what part of Mexico is it? So there was a lot of that. So I would just say, I'm from Russia. Yeah. And then on some days when Russia would do something stupid, I'm like, I'm Sergio from Italy. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, you can get a so, pass for whatever you want. So the, the Tennessee, I think, they, I got to know the Soviet style, Soviet realm of things, uh, lifestyle. And then I got to move into a new whole world at a- age of 12. And that's where I found, just like my teacher told me, you know, she said, you're lucky if you're going to end up in America. And she was right, you know, and she told me because I got to see the American thinking, how they see the best in you. And I'm I'm not downgrading Slavic people. It's just they had a hard life and that's how they dealt with things. But Americans didn't have a life like we did. And because of that, I got to experience uh, the way you guys live here and how encouraging and how, you know, you can be anything you want. Shoot mm-hmm. for the stars. See, that's something I didn't hear growing up. Mm-hmm. And then 
after you hear it so long, you start believing. You're like, maybe I, I, I can do what I, what I want, you know. And so when you came to America, you started dreaming. American dream, and honestly, that's where. When I was growing up, I mean, it still was hard. I'm not gonna lie. Coming here, sure. not knowing the language, it, it was hard. But I think for me, I was always a dreamer. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I saw a world that I daydreamed a lot, and it's something that uh, I kind of was embarrassed about. Really? Because I, to a point, it was so real to me that reality didn't, didn't seem real. Oh, like wow. I would even like, I hate to admit this, I had conversations, <laughs> like in my dreams, in my yeah. Uh, visions. Yeah. Like uh, it's a. And because of that, I didn't have any friends growing up. You know, like because you first move in, you don't speak the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know how to connect with people yet. And it's sad you have a joke to tell, but you can't tell it to anybody. So you're like, ah, I can't tell it. So, <laughs> so, but in a way, I kind of created my own world. Yeah. That, uh, when I saw, I, I got no word for being the most quietest person on the team. I got, you know, so like I was, people were in, in a weird way, even here were, portraying me to be one person but on the inside I was picturing stages speaking in front of a mm-hmm. lot of people mm-hmm. I had this unbelievable like in the way it kind of scared me sometimes like why am I this is kind of self-centered or like why am I picturing crowds why am I picturing having an impact uh, mm-hmm. on like a lot of people so you could almost sense your your purpose oh, yeah. and your calling at that young it age. was weird but I never saw it as that I just thought it was a daydreaming you know like wow. it's it's uh you don't think of things until people until you find out that not everyone's like that you're like mm-hmm. oh so i'm weird like why do i you know mm-hmm. but i learned early on the importance of heart like uh, uh i was never like i don't think i've ever read a book from cover to cover like i'm not education like you said it was something i had all these lies put on me and when i came to america you know and started pursuing my my heart see there's something about head and heart like uh there's certain things that your heart tells you that it's the good things if you focus on the good things that are so good for you and the problem is you have to get alone and the problem is you have to go past the noise of other people's goals and dreams and words and you see like and that can only be achieved when you're alone and you're Mm -hmm. thinking and you're getting deep into it and i think the best thing you can do in life and that's something i found out for myself i'm no expert in this stuff but I learned that good things come out of out of your passions from or desires from your heart. There's something to to say to that because it's I I don't know how to explain because a lot of times it's the opposite of reality. Like mm-hmm. you know, like it's mm-hmm. uh, you look at it, your heart tells you one thing, but you look around, it's completely opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to just ignore it, but. I don't know why I did that, but early on, I just, I believe that, you know, yeah. I made that more of, um, I don't know how to say it, more of a priority. That's good. And then what happens, it goes into your brain, you start visualizing and then it comes yeah. out, manifests. Yeah. I love that. You had like mindset shifts that I think even as a kid, it sounds like you were told one thing and you started to believe one thing, but then that shifted and you started to believe the opposite of that thing. And that's actually coming to fruition right now like some of those things that you believed that that you started to believe about yourself you're walking in them Mm -hmm. and that's the power of what you're saying our mind and our heart connecting and us believing truth even though it might not seem like reality your body is the god-given vessel for your soul 
mind, heart, and spirit while you're here on this earth. Our bodies must be cared for in order for us to be our best selves. How we're doing physically affects how we show up for those we love. Remember, at Collected, we know that self-care is not selfish. But knowing how to care for our physical bodies in the right way can be challenging. Having the tools, knowledge, and time is crucial. Katie Dixon, owner of Katie Fit and Block Charlotte, is your daily resource for education and inspiration that will help you care for your body. Follow her on Instagram, at Katie Katie. That's at K-A-D-I-K-A-T-I-E. As a gift to the Collected Podcast listeners, Katie's offering a one-month trial at either of her studios. Follow at Katie Fit and Lake Norman. That's at K-A-D-I-F-I-T or at block.clt in Charlotte. That's at B-L-O-C dot C-L-T. DM her for details on the special offer. You and your twin brother had a dream when you were 12 years old that you're now seeing come to fruition today. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, when we first moved to U.S., we obviously didn't have a lot of friends. And, and someone just, uh, well, I know who that someone is. A guy just brought us a computer. And keep in mind, I've only seen black and white TV by that point. Never mm-hmm. under, never had a computer, didn't understand it. And someone brought it to us and said, like, hey, you can have this. So we, we went crazy on that thing. And we had a lot of Adobe stuff. And so we started, like, getting into video and all these nerdy stuff that I do today. But I remember like at age 12, we were thinking like, wouldn't that be crazy to one day own a company? We're like, yeah, that seems weird. Like, but that'll be cool. Like, I don't, that seems so far away. I don't think we'll ever do it. But yeah. And we took it a step further. It's like, let's dream about it. Let's, let's come up with the name. Like if we had a company, what would it be? And we like thought about it for days. And like, we had different names and like Ukra Media, my brother, my twin brother Vladimir came up with it. And we're like, yeah, that's a cool name. Sounds legit. Like, our English is limited. That's the best we can do. <laughs> and then, then like, uh, I was like, hey, let's create a logo for it. And I created a logo for it. I still have it. And um, and then we kind of put it away. And then, like, years later, he went his separate way. I went my separate way. And we just kind of, every now and then, we'll do, like, a film, like, a wedding or something. And then we'll, like, do, a, like, a press passes or something with our Ukraine. Just to kind of, like... <laughs> I don't know. I just did some silly things here and there. And then like one day I decided to open up a YouTube channel and I was like, I need to come up with the name and like all the good ones were already taken. I'm like, I can't think of anything. And I was like, Ukraine Media, like we haven't done anything with it. It sounds like it could be something. Sounds legit to me. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't at the time people were like, what is that? It sounds like a disease or something. <laughs> but then we, I chose the name. Oh, I picked it as my YouTube channel, but my brother actually came up with the name. And I did it by myself at the time, the YouTube channel. But the whole company thing, it was birthed a long time ago. What was your YouTube channel? It was called Ukra Media. That's what it was But called. I mean, what were you... Uh, I was going to teach... Yeah. I was teaching motion graphics, teaching like how to do animation and things of that nature. But I did like a differently. But then it, Adobe tweets it, a bunch of people tweet it, and it explodes. We're at like almost 60,000 subscribers. So like it just exploded. And then I, it took me to like all these conferences. I mean, like... It was uh, so. It, Wait, still, and now you're a speaker at those conferences, yeah. aren't you? On a big stage, like you pictured. Yeah, yeah. just That's like amazing. A, just like I pictured, and and it's, we still talk about this. Like, isn't that crazy? Something that <clears throat> that we came up as kids, that people mm-hmm. look at as a legit thing now. Like, it's, it's bizarre how that happens, right? Yeah. 
But that's the thing when, you know, it's like the, the teacher kind of without knowing it prophesied over you, like you're going to be great in the U.S. Like that'll be good for you, you know, and you have these almost dreams that you that you cling to. I was reading um, in Isaiah this past week and I was looking in the notes in my study Bible and it said that one of the one of the verses was written in the prophetic perfect tense. So speaking about it. It's, it's a future event, but you speak about it as if it's already come to pass. Mm-hmm. And I just think like that's what it looks like to walk in victory. You know, when you have these dreams that you know are from the Lord, that you know the Holy Spirit's on, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're a 12-year-old kid and you don't know, but you're you're brave enough and or maybe maybe naive enough to believe that it could be so. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you can see it coming to fruition. Yeah, and sometimes it's the voices that we would least expect um, to prophesy they're the voices that we would least expect prophesying over us are the are the voices that prophesy over us or maybe even it's, it's even said in a different tone or light but actually like you said she was she said something that was a prophetic word over your life and you probably had no idea you know right. at that time um that's how powerful our words are that's like, so true um we just Sometimes we never know. Yeah. So. I also think it's important to listen to. See, the thing is about the hard thing. It's it's really silent. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, and uh, it's only heard. Like uh, a lot of times, I have like dreams and they've come to pass, and and it wasn't. They weren't like these. Like you would think, like this, so loud. It was probably one of the most dreams that probably one of the least remembered dreams. But because I meditated on it and just manifested, it became bigger and bigger. Yeah. So. I think that still small voice, you got you to gotta make it louder in your life. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, if you're not careful, you can let others become more loud than that thing within you. And for me personally, I learned to default to that small voice That's and trust good. it better than, than everything else around it. It doesn't seem logical sometimes. How have you gotten to the place that you're in of hearing and responding? How has that become your default? Like practical ways or yeah how have you just come to a point where you're like that's my default well for example i used to you know i worked a year over a year ago i worked for fox sports i did really well worked on like super bowl big projects something i always dreamed about in fact that's probably why i got into motion graphics because i love sports Mm -hmm. and i love graphics and here i am like doing what i love for a job that i've always wanted and then i have a dream and my dream i see this I'm not going to tell too much, but basically this guy next to me tells me everything about my life, like everything. I'm like, all right, you got my attention. What's next? And then he tells me and he kind of grabs my hand uh, gently and says, by the way, that dream of having your own company, like you're free to go now. You can do it. And I wake up uh, and and he said in October and I wake up and the next month is October. And I'm thinking like, I don't have money saved up. I only have about a two month of saving. I have two children. And uh, so I'm like, you know, for once, I want to be like obedient what I believe. Because I knew there's sometimes you understand when dreams are come from like when they're special and when they're just dreams. You know, this one yeah. f- had that flavor that I can't explain. Like I just I live long enough like a spiritual to know. Dream. Yeah, yeah. To know when, when it's like real mm-hmm. and when it's not. So two weeks later, I put into a couple of weeks later, put in, put in two weeks notice 
like but the thing is i was doing really well at fox sports i presented this cool idea they were gonna fly me to la and like show like this stuff and i was doing really well and it didn't seem right it actually seemed weird but in a way i was sad to go but i was so glad i did because it opened up doors that i never thought of like going to amsterdam and now spain and like all it's just unbelievable doors that opened up and that was all because of listening but again i could have easily said it was just a dream yeah and but it became so like i put that more of a priority than everything else because everything else seemed crazy right it didn't seem logical mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i didn't have but one product to sell on the, on the course i know i know we had a following but following if you understand youtube it's just peanuts right. money it's not right <laughs> so yeah that's definitely one but another one I, w- I would like to share right after i quit fox we went to a beach house in north carolina here a beautiful place it was a uh, for new year's eve my whole family got together big house we all ran into together and my brother dimitri had this idea it's like hey on the board we're gonna put our goals for this year and i remember i was sitting there and he says like we're gonna do this year like everyone what do you want to do and i remember thinking like i don't know like so I started to listen to my heart. And for some reason, like, I had this desire to speak at the conference. And, you know, I was antisocial, like, introverted, probably the most, the least qualified person. You would have not, if 10 years ago, you would have not picked me. You were like, nah, not you. And I remember, like, I want to speak at the conference. One of the biggest conference, Adobe, I mean, the biggest one probably Adobe holds. And I was like, I'm going to be speaking at the conference, Adobe max and i wrote that on the paper i wrote it down and forgot about it when was I this this was a december of 2018 okay and, and i completely forgot about it and then um like i didn't Wait, even 2018 know. just 2017 no, 17 yeah, 17 sorry. okay yeah, okay sorry. i just want to get the timeline and, and then like uh <clears throat> i didn't even think about it like it was uh just something for, i didn't even know when the conference was going to be i didn't know if it was past or mm-hmm. and then like literally a month later or two i can't remember exactly um, I've already talked to Adobe before, so it wasn't like a, it's not uncommon to hear back from Adobe, but last time I heard from Adobe was two years ago when I went to VidCon to do some things for them. And this time around, she's like, hey, I know this is kind of weird, but would you like to speak at Vid, uh, wow. Adobe Max? I'm like, I didn't share anything about my dreams or anything to her at all, because we, we did have a pretty good relationship at that point. Um, and then I was like, sure, yeah. And it wasn't until it was sealed, we did a video on it. It's on our YouTube channel, like talking about how it came about. And wow. basically it came true exactly to a point. I did six sessions, uh, three, six sessions, three sessions twice. So six sessions all together. And for the 500 to 700 people, it was the most amazing experience. That's incredible. And that was literally like a dream come true for me. Wow. And that's what I'm talking about. When, when you, hard always tells you to do something that isn't easy. Mm-hmm. and it's easy it's always out of your comfort zone but others look at it as difficult but for you it's going to look very easy mm-hmm. because it's coming from the place of passion yeah and love is like falling in love for the first time you'll do things for your spouse or your significant other that you're dating at the time like you go beyond certain levels just because of that love yeah. and that same thing it kind of like avoids all the hardship and stuff and and i think it's so important i'm always big on like what does your heart say yeah. Because you can force yourself into do, doing something, but if it's not coming out of your mm-hmm. heart, it's just you're never going to enjoy it. It what doesn't matter you, how hard you try. That's true. Yeah. What would you say your passion is? Like if you could define your passion. I love I love people. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that I love people. I love seeing lives transformed. Like mm-hmm. when someone says like, hey, because of your teaching, I was able to get a job and now I have a, I have a gig that my family enjoys and... 
Uh, to me, that does more than because I've had goals, I've had dreams that I've achieved almost all of them that I wanted. Maybe they're not as big as some people's, but I've had things that I've achieved. And honestly, that didn't bring me as much of a joy as as going and changing, seeing people's how you know how how their lives changed from what it is you gave them. And mm-hmm. that to me is more important than anything. Honestly, I want to say to our listeners, I think it's important to note that Sergey's passion has an extrinsic motivation. He wants to see mm-hmm. something outside of himself. Yeah. Like that's that's what he's passionate about. It's not like I want to make this much money or I'm passionate about climbing to the top of this company or something like that, but he's extrinsically extrinsically motivated right. to see other people's lives transformed by the work that he does. And I just yeah. I just um, think that that's an important thing to point out that typically our um, our passions that are placed in us by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit are not for ourselves, but they're for cultivating the kingdom of heaven on earth. Right. And so when you're doing work that, that allows people, maybe by getting a job, he's freed up emotionally and mentally to be able to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in his life. You never know mm-hmm. like what kind of a ripple effect that has in someone's life. So yeah. Um, and the dreams that you've had, you know, like you said, you've, those a lot of them have come to fruition. Like they've, you, you've done them, mm-hmm. but at the heart of it, you, your passion is for people and um, it's not just about checking it off the list. Right. And I think that that's really, I mean, that's far greater, you know, the result of that is far greater than um, just checking something off the list. But it's when true. the passion is for people and like Tia said, it goes beyond yourself. Um, you're always going to be surprised and blown away mm-hmm. by the fruit that comes from that. So, yeah, um, yeah so awesome. So, okay, I have a question for you. If you say, say you're talking to someone who is facing impossible seeming circumstances like your family was facing when you were in middle school, what would you say to that person? What advice would you give to them as they stare these impossible circumstances in the face? Um, well, here's what I would say. I think people can, well, situations, people, whatever, they can still kill, destroy. But one thing no one can take away from you is your ability to dream. And because it doesn't matter where you're at, uh, one thing you do have is imagination. Mm-hmm. And um, it can, I mean, I hate to say this, but I slipped away into that space so much that it became, um, like, I wasn't quick to, like, peer pressure never has been an issue for me mm-hmm. because I was sure in my own world that I created. Right. So if someone's going through a hard time, um, I would just amp up that imagination world, start mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. what you're not seeing, start, uh, because uh, we all have it. And it's, it's not something, like I said, anyone can steal from you. It's something you give away freely. Mm. So you either give it away yourself and you yourself have, have to blame for that. So what I would say is whatever you do, get away alone and just start. Like it's one give, God-given gift that we all have is imagination. Yeah. You can imagine. You can yeah. trick your brain, right, mm. and to, to be or feel differently. Yeah. And so... All that stuff is temporary, but it's it's all about just keeping the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and imagination is a great tool. I look at it as a tool. I know a lot of people feel weird about imagination. Uh, I'm, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it might feel weird, but it never felt, no. you know. But I think it's a yeah. tool that you have to 
use when you need to. It's a, yeah. it's a tool. Yeah. Uh, you look at it as that. So yeah. Well, and then I see that you used it as a tool to overcome that poverty mindset. I've always, um, through you know, a decade of work in the developing world, the determination I came to is that the definition of poverty is the inability to imagine your circumstances being any different. Yeah. You, yeah. You, that is a lack of hope. Yeah. So when hope enters in, suddenly abundance has a doorway yeah. to come in and say, actually things can be different. And that's where imagination is the tool to ushering in more and more abundance and overcoming that poverty mindset. So I think that's incredible. That's a wonderful like, piece of advice. The only problem with that I would say with like living, what I would say out of faith, out of imagination, is that it's, it's tough because it's a crazy way of living. You're mm-hmm. not very rational, right? It's mm-hmm. like, a, it's, it's, it can be tough because reality does kick in and mm-hmm. you constantly have to keep yourself strong and in, in your foundation but yeah it's a tough journey like always people say like believe is so easy is it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know you tell me because I, it like you hear all the good stuff but there were so many bad things i had to learn mm-hmm. that's you know, true because i have a vivid imagination for good and for bad mm-hmm. so i have to battle you know depression and you know other things as well so i had to learn to default to good it's not like you can just sort of like escape to la la land and everything because you develop this huge imagination right that basically everything becomes vivid to you like i'm Mm -hmm. very sensitive to things Mm -hmm. but i'm sensitive to good and bad yeah so i have to be careful to learn so it it's not always easy it's not like i figured it out but it's good to stay on the good because That's good awesome. always produces good yeah. i love it you said something earlier like you, i think you said it's a problem the how the kind of having to get quiet or having to pause or you, you, i can't remember how you said it but anyway i think that connects to i was just thinking of that as you were talking about you know having that vivid imagination and being able to find the balance of living from that and regardless of people say, oh, that is so unrealistic, Sergey," But you are, as you grow in that and as you operate in it, you learn the balance of living from that, but also like holding it lightly, if you will. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just... When sensing the spirit, yes. like what, Holy Spirit, what of this <laughs> is my imagination running wild and what of this is you speaking into my life in the direction that i'm supposed to be headed right now yeah it's tough but because if you understand i guess your foundation then i think that's probably probably the key is just understanding your foundation like where you're heading it's kind of like if you drive a car without a destination it's a tough way of living and and that's where you have to be anchored (laughs) like uh like i know my destination it doesn't matter if I take a detour, but I'm still going there. Yeah. And I think living from your heart and just like after you figure it out, like after you know where you're going, it's just keep your eyes on that. Like, yeah. And I would say no matter their circumstances, because life is tough. So you, mm-hmm. you got to be kind to people. And yeah, it's definitely, it's a, it's a tough journey. It's not That's easy. That's the best thing I've heard wow. all day, Sergey. Life is tough. You got to be kind, <laughs> kind to people. people. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. And if, you know, as, as you're listening to this, Everyone, I mean, you know that Sergey has something to say. Like, it's just, I'm just so excited to see you now mm-hmm. and even what's coming. Yeah, Michaela, I got such a sense as he was Gosh. speaking that that um, I heard the words, greater things are yet to come. You were talking about how maybe your dreams don't seem that big to some people. 
but they're completely out of the scope of possibility to some. And they probably were to you when you when you dreamed them or dreamt them. But <laughs> I want to just say, like, I see that even bigger things that you haven't dreamt yet are coming. Thank you. Down the line. I can I can definitely see that. It's incredible. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you coming on. I feel like <laughs> this this is the conversation that could continue for hours yeah. if we yes. let it. So <laughs> we thank may have to have you on again. Back. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. It definitely it was a blast. I enjoyed it. Thank mm-hmm. you. That was such a great interview. I just think it's amazing how at such a young age, Sergey already knew in his heart what he was created for. Um, and I think a lot of us, if we look back at the things we are passionate about as children or what inspired us, somehow connects to the thing we were created for. It's like as children, we can we can recognize that in ourselves, mm-hmm. but then our adult selves kind of lose touch with that or we mm-hmm. put on the masks or we've lost sight of who we were created to be as we try and fit this mold that the world has placed us in. Yes. Um, I mean, I think back when I was a kid, I used to make, I had a card company with my two best neighbor friends, Lisa and Sarah. Our company was JSL Incorporated and we made cards. And now I make cards. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Part time. And so it's just funny to see how, like, don't poo poo for lack of a better term. The the things you're passionate yeah. about as a child. Yeah, it's true. I got I was emotional during the interview because I I felt like for a number of different reasons, but I just I was emotional because I think you know sometimes we sacrifice what our heart is saying because something else might seem to make sense or maybe it provides financially in a you know in a way that the thing that your heart is saying you might think may not provide financially. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just I was emotional also because you could just feel the spirit in the midst of the interview. And as Sergey was talking and how um, his heart is so aware of what the spirit's saying and um, just his ability to pause and, you know, consider, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? How are you moving me? Mm -hmm. What's, you know, what, what are you saying to my heart? And I think that that's, he said, you know, it's getting quiet and it's listening to what our hearts are saying. Mm -hmm. And I just, that so resonated within me. And I don't know the emotion. I think it did. It came from a number of different, number of different places, but, um, man, so much depth and 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 goodness. It was interesting too, you know, the language that we use collected around, you know, words like mind, heart, spirit, body, soul. Right. I think everybody everybody kind of has a different understanding of what those words mean, which is why we choose to give them <laughs> definitions, like functional definitions for exactly. our discussions. Um, and so I guess the thing that I kept thinking about was how how Sergey's able to distinguish when this his when the Holy Spirit is moving his spirit to interact with his heart. Right. Mm. That's that's kind of the the heart spirit connection. Mm-hmm. You know, we interact with the supernatural realm in our spirit and and then our emotions kind of connect with holy spirit in our heart and then we know that that's legit. Mm-hmm. But when your mind 
is taking hold of emotions as opposed to your spirit, I think that's when we get off course. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting conversation with him. I loved our, um, just well, first of all, just being able to get his story. Mm -hmm. When you think about the, the desperation of a mother and father, a believing mother and father of nine children mm-hmm. in such a trying time in history and just the courage that it took to say, okay, I guess we're going to uproot our lives. We have no better option right. than to completely uproot our lives and move to something totally unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the way that that Sergey talked about Im- imagination yeah. being his sort of on road to his dreams. Mm-hmm. And this idea that as your belief is strengthened, it continues to fuel your dreams, mm-hmm. which then in turn strengthens your belief as you see those dreams start to mm-hmm. take form. And then as your belief is strengthened, your dreams are fueled even more. And in my mind, it's just this constant infinity right. where mm-hmm. the one fuels the other over and over until you're at a place where you never would have expected with the mm-hmm. Lord. Um, but yeah. it's so good. It's so, so good. All right, guys, we could talk with and about Sergey. Follow your hearts. (laughs) Um, So we hope that you have an incredible week and we will meet you back here next Thursday. And we'd love to hear from you. Hello at collectedworkshops.com. With any questions, comments, join in with the conversation. We'd love to start to be able to read some um, reader or listener emails on the podcast as well. Have Have a great great week. Yep, (laughs) do it. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.